1: Ray Copeland was born in Oklahoma on December 30, 1914. Growing up, his parents provided little discipline. He was pretty much allowed to do anything he wanted. During the Great Depression, his family moved around quite a bit in an effort to survive. Ray became determined that he would not be poor, an attitude that stayed with him his entire life. In order to accomplish this goal, he started committing crimes like forging checks and stealing cattle. He spent one year in jail. When he was 26 years old, he met a 19-year-old woman named Faye Della Wilson. The couple married shortly after meeting. Faye was born in Arkansas on August 4, 1921. Her family was quite religious. Faye was impressed by Ray because he pretended as though he had a lot of money. In reality, he did not. He continued committing crimes and drew the contempt of many people who dealt with him. He had a reputation for being aggressive violent, and for stealing. Ray and Faye would go on to have five children. Ray routinely mistreated his wife and children in many ways, including physically. He was described as a horrible husband and father. In 1965, the family moved to a farm in Mooresville, Missouri. Ray worked on the farm and worked a number of odd jobs in the community. Faye worked part-time as a maid in a motel. To help operate his farm, Ray routinely hired transients. He disliked them intensely. He believed that they were stealing taxpayers' money. On occasion, he would pressure Fay into having sex with the transients as he watched. As the owner of a farm, buying and selling cattle was important to Ray. His reputation for being a criminal restricted his ability to do this. Ray attempted to circumvent this problem by making a deal with some of the transients who worked for him. He would open a bank account in their name and have them use starter checks to buy cattle. The checks would bounce, but not before Ray picked up the cattle and sold them. Ray was arrested and convicted for running this scam. He was sentenced to jail. After he was released, he returned to the same scam, except this time he murdered the transients after they used the bad checks to purchase the cattle. He would shoot them once in the back of the head with a Marlin 22 caliber bolt-action rifle and dispose of their bodies in various places, like on his farm. He believed this murder-enhanced scam would shield him from prosecution. It's not clear how many victims Ray murdered, but there were at least five. In August of 1989, as Ray was continuing to run the scam, a transient named Jack McCormick was helping him. Jack was working for $50 a day plus room and board. He had problems regulating his intake of alcohol, and had an extensive criminal history. On one occasion, Jack accidentally purchased the wrong cows, which made Ray very upset. I find the situation to be strange. These cows were purchased with a bad check. It's not like Ray even paid for them. I wonder what was wrong with the cows. Were they police informant cows, like they were repeat offender cows that got picked up in a milk running scam and were pressured into cutting a deal with the police? The next day, Ray asked Jack to help him kill a raccoon. He told Jack to hold a stick and scare the raccoon so that Ray could shoot it with his 22 caliber rifle. Jack became suspicious. He thought that Ray might have been trying to kill him, like he was trying to maneuver the situation so that Ray would shoot him in the back of the head. In addition, Jack noticed that Fay was always watching him. Jack told Ray that he wanted out of the cow-buying scam, Ray drove Jack to the bank so that Jack could close the account. Jack entered the bank and then exited in a furtive manner so that Ray would not see him. Jack walked to a nearby car dealership and convinced them to let him test drive a vehicle. He drove the vehicle to Salem, Oregon. I guess he wanted to get in a thorough test drive. On his way out of the area, Jack called an anonymous tip line. He told them the whole story about Ray Copeland but he did not provide his own name. He also lied and said that he saw bones on Ray's farm, which may have been human. The police eventually identified the anonymous caller as Jack. He was arrested in Salem, Oregon, three weeks later. He admitted he made the calls and maintained his story about Ray and the cows. The police were highly interested in Jack's story. They had some dealings with Ray Copeland in 1986 that reminded them of what was happening with Jack. Here's what happened in 1986. A transient named Wayne Warner used a bad check to purchase cows. Witnesses saw Ray Copeland pick up the cattle that Ray had purchased. The police paid a visit to Ray. He admitted that he knew Wayne. He said he had picked up the cows when Wayne purchased them. Ray was going to keep the cows at his farm temporarily. Shortly after this, Wayne took off without his cows. So he was living life cow-free. A warrant was issued for Wayne's arrest, but the police couldn't find him. There was no activity on his bank account, and he never renewed his driver's license. The police didn't know something bad happened to Wayne, or he was just living the transient lifestyle. Not long after this, the same thing with the bad checks and the cows happened to a transient named Dennis Murphy. So now, two missing people were connected to Ray Copeland.
0: Anatomy of an ad ...to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey... ...to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show.
1: On October 9, 1989, after hearing Jack's story, the police visited Ray's farm. They encountered his wife, Faye, who said that her husband was out eating breakfast. The police arrested her... They found a blank check signed by Jack McCormick in her purse. Ray was arrested not long after this. Both of them denied any wrongdoing. The police searched the farm. They found a list of names written on a piece of paper. Next to some of the names was the capital letter X. Next to other names was the word back. The police believed that the people with the X next to their name were dead. On the farm, the police found clothing from a number of people, Their names were written on the tags, which is something that transients frequently do. They also found Ray's Marlin Rifle. The police started digging up many areas of the farm looking for bodies, but they couldn't find anything. They talked to Jack McCormick again. He admitted he lied about seeing bones. They asked Ray for information about the dead bodies on his farm. He told them that they were not smart enough to find anything on his farm. By this time, the story was all over the media, one witness came forward and told the police that he remembered seeing bones in a cattle barn on Ray's farm when he was working there. He just assumed the bones belonged to an animal. The police searched the cattle barn and found the remains of three men, Paul Cowart, John Freeman, and Jimmy Harvey. All three men had been shot once in the back of the head with a twenty two caliber rifle. The police were able to match the bullets to Ray's Marlin rifle. On October 17, 1989, Ray and Fay were charged with three counts of first-degree murder. At this point, Ray made a very interesting decision regarding his communication with the police. In an apparent effort to pin these murders on someone other than himself, he told investigators that he overheard three men in a restaurant talking about how they had murdered two people. They buried one body under hay on a nearby farm and dumped the other body in a well on that same farm. The police searched the farm and found the body of Wayne Warner under the hay and the body of Dennis Murphy in the well. They had both been shot in the back of the head with Ray's .22 caliber rifle. Ray had managed to talk himself into two additional murder charges. Fay was charged as well. As this was going on, the police looked for more potential victims. They found a number of transients who Ray had approached about running the cow buying scam. Some of them had a sense that something was wrong and they left. They wouldn't do business with Ray. Others were fired by Ray because they were not good at buying cows. The criminal scam operated by Ray and Faye Copeland had netted them about $31,000. To get this money they killed at least five men from October 1986 to May 1989. This means that Ray Copeland was 71 years old when he started his serial killer career. They say it's never too late to go back to college. I guess the same applies to a career in serial murder. There were seven other names on the list that had an X next to them. These potential victims were never accounted for. Faye Copeland was offered a plea deal in exchange for testifying against Ray. She declined, saying that she still loved him. In November 1990, Faye Copeland was found guilty of four counts of murder and one count of manslaughter. She was sentenced to death for the murders and life in prison without the possibility of parole for the manslaughter. In March 1991, Ray was convicted of five counts of murder and was sentenced to death. The sentence was never carried out, at least not by the state. Ray died of a stroke on October 19, 1993. Faye Copeland appealed her conviction. She was unsuccessful, but her sentence was commuted to five consecutive terms of life in prison without the possibility of parole. She had a stroke in August of 2002. The governor allowed her to receive a medical parole and she was sent to a nursing home. She died of natural causes on December 23, 2003. Now, moving to my analysis. There is little question in this case about the guilt of Ray Copeland, but many people believe that Faye Copeland suffered from battered woman syndrome and was not responsible for the murders. This explanation for her behavior is what resulted in her sentence being commuted to life in prison. This brings me to the question, was Faye Copeland guilty of being a serial killer? Let's take a look at the factors both for and against the idea that she was guilty, starting with the inculpatory evidence. It was determined that Faye was the one who wrote the list. As it turns out, her husband was illiterate. This means that Faye had placed an X next to the victim's names. This makes it seem like she knew that they were being murdered. Faye handled the bank account. Blank checks with Jack McCormick's signature on them were found in her purse. Faye probably knew where the money was coming from. The clothing and luggage of the victims were left behind on the farm. The victims' names were written in the clothing. Faye must have known to whom the clothes belonged. Moving to the exculpatory factors, there is no evidence that Faye ever handled the murder weapon or she was with her husband when He committed the murders. Faye Copeland had endured over 45 years of mistreatment when the first murder occurred. Her husband was considered ill tempered, aggressive, violent, and intolerable. He was universally despised. Faye may have developed something like battered woman syndrome or Stockholm syndrome. She was the victim of physical attacks as well as narcissistic manipulation. The fact that Faye wrote the list does not mean that she knew what happened to the victims. Maybe she was told to put an X by their name when they were no longer on the farm or no longer part of the cow buying scam. She may not have known they were murdered. The fact that Faye took care of the bank account strongly indicates she was part of the fraud, but doesn't necessarily mean she knew about the murders. It is possible that Faye was conditioned over all those years not to ask any questions about Ray's business. When considering all the evidence, do I think that Fay Copeland was guilty? I think she was guilty in reality of murder and fraud, but I'm not convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that she knew about or helped carry out the homicides. Considering her husband's strong will and dominating nature, I think it's reasonable to believe that he would have kept the murders secret from her. She wouldn't dare challenge his explanations for what happened to the missing men out of fear that she would be attacked. Fay's defense was based on the idea. That the mistreatment she sustained explained why she cooperated in the murders. A better defense would have been to suggest she never knew about the murders, and she had a powerful incentive not to go looking for more information. If Faye Copeland did know about the murders, then she was responsible. Even when a spouse is being mistreated, they are required to obey the law. Society could forgive something like the fraud that Faye committed but she cannot be offered a pass for the murder. I think this case involved a wife who was a victim and who became a conspirator. This case exemplifies how it is possible to be both at the same time. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa,
0: vita Brevis.